Hey, um, just want to share my heart for a, a few moments. We've got a little bit uh, of a different service order, uh, a lot going on uh, in our city uh, that we need to speak into. Um, I want to say this uh, up front when uh, I think just the first few weeks in uh, to me becoming the lead pastor, uh, the events in Charlottesville happened. And um, I, I've shared that clip a few times of, of what I said. And, and, um, but one of the things, uh, one, of my, one of the resounding things in my heart is um, I, I, I not only want to be able to say something, I want us to be actively doing something about this issue. And so I've had um, brothers like uh, D'Angelo, um, uh, Stephen McBride, uh, Mason, uh, many others, Pastor Scott, Pastor Karen, uh, Pastor Darnisha, um, just uh, speak into my life. Um, we've asked them. We've had candid conversations. And how many know families should be able to have candid conversations? And... Um, what was different about what's happening now and what happened in Charlottesville for me personally is that I don't know if you were here last Sunday. We've been in a 40-day fast, and the last Sunday, last Sunday, we turned our focus to start praying for reconciliation. And so I just want you to understand that I didn't organize the, the prayer focuses every week. And it's not a coincidence that what we shared, and then I had Brother D'Angelo Matt come up and share, um, it's not a coincidence that we were turning our focus on reconciliation because God knew what was about to happen in our city. <clears throat> and not only did he know, it's, it's not a coincidence, it's God's providence. Absolutely God's providence. Because we must be a people who respond by praying first, acting second. And um, just a few things. If you have not, how many of you were here last week? How many weren't here last week? Okay. I want to encourage you, go back to iTunes, listen especially. You could fast forward it. You don't have to listen to me share. Just fast forward all the way to the end until you get to Brother D'Angelo sharing his heart. Because I believe it was a prophetic moment for this house. We did not know what would occur in Sacramento just a few hours after we all came together at church. But there's a few things, and we're going to um, address some things today. But there were a few things that D'Angelo said that I want to remind us about. And again, I've listened to it, went back and listened to it three or four times uh, already. Um, but he said this. He said, healing begins here. Healing begins in the house of God. How many know forgiveness begins here? Reconciliation begins here. How many know if brothers and sisters in Christ can't be reconciled, we don't have much hope for what's going on outside these four walls? We just don't. Peace begins here. There's no hope outside of the hope that Christ gives us. Secondly, the second thing that it's just been reverberating in my heart. This is something that's been I've been carrying for 
probably the last three years, but he reminded me of it, D'Angelo, last week. He said, I thank God that we are family. Can you turn to your neighbor and just say, we are family? A friend of mine, uh, she uh, started a, I don't even know what you'd call it, a network, um, but it's called Rethinking Us. Um, But she wrote something that has just, uh, that I seen this week, and it went like this. Family says, you are in pain, so I am in pain too. Jesus said, mourn with those who mourn. How many of you know our city desperately needs Jesus? We desperately need Christ to move in our heart. Second Chronicles 7.14, D'Angelo shared this. And again, I believe it was God positioning us. And whether um, you were on the fast or not, I just felt like God was equipping and preparing us for the battle which was to come. And he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Verse 15, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in that place. God wants to use real life church. He wants to use this house. I've told you uh, during my nine-month tenure. I know it's not a long time, but God um, is orchestrating something that is absolutely supernatural. It is beyond me. And this morning, I, um, I'm, I was just getting ready. We were just getting ready to leave our house, and uh, I got another text message uh, from a man that I'm going to invite up in just a moment. He said, Pastor Dean, I'm, I'm really burdened. I'd love to meet with you uh, this morning. And so I said I'd be at the church at 8.30. And um, I had no idea that uh, uh, this, in, in, who I, I, I obviously know who he is, but I didn't know what he did for a living. And so this morning, um, I'm going to invite up Sergeant uh, Matthew Burgess to come and share his heart with us. Pastor Dean, first and foremost, uh, thank you for uh, allowing me to share my heart today and, and uh, to the church, to the family, and um, I stand here humble today, but I'm here not only as a father, or a husband, a son, an uncle, um, but I'm here as, as, as a law enforcement connection to the community, um, as a brother, and I'm not looking according to the color of my skin, but as people that are hurting. And our nation's hurting right now. Um, we need prayer. There was a tragedy that occurred on both ends. Um, for the officers that are involved in this, it's a tragedy. However, the media and everything else would make it out to be something other than that. They make it out to be a racial issue. And it's a tragedy for the officers involved because as a supervisor, I don't get up and brief my guys and say, hey, we're going to go out and kill an innocent guy today or mistake someone having a weapon and, and shoot him. That's not what I do. That's not what we do. And see, I'm torn 
because I go out every day. I leave my wife. I leave my son. And I hold the line for you guys. But I get persecuted from you guys. But I forgive you first because that's what God asked me to do. And I'm going to share a story with you today because it's, it's, it needs to be shared. But before I do that, I got to pray. Father God, I ask that you would come to this house today, that you would give me the anointing to share my story, but also that someone would have a takeaway to help bridge the gap for the nation, not only just Sacramento, but for the nation. Father, the community's hurting, Father. Father, we have officers that are hurting, Father. We have the public that's hurting, Father. And don't judge us for the color of our skin, Father, but for the person we are inside. And the ultimate judgment comes from you, Father. So don't look for this world to give us peace unless we come to you first. It's your kingdom that we seek first, Father, and everything else shall follow. So I ask that you would be with us this morning in this house and give me your words. Don't give me my words, but give me your words, Father, today, but share my story so that people get the correct story. Thank you, and I ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start out with this. Um, for those of you that don't know me, um, I'm a law enforcement officer, sergeant. There's some leadership there. And... Uh, I was called to do this job, right? I was called to be an officer. I didn't have a choice in it. Well, I had a choice. I could have denied the calling and said no, but that's not it. I went and I became not, I wasn't happy with just being an officer, right? I wanted to have influence over people. I wanted to change the system. I wanted to change people. So I promoted so I can lead. So as a supervisor, now I'm in leadership, right? So I have Almost like the pastor. I have people to talk to, people to lead, and try to hold the line. But also, I have great people that work for me every single day. And I see them, and I love them. I look for them as a brother. And they would protect me, and they would protect you. But they don't have the same courage that I have. And that's okay. Can I can, but, but I can speak for them. I can intercede. And sometimes God has us do that. But I want to tell you what happened. Um... I went to work, it was, I can't remember, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the days combined because I've been working 24 hours, it seems like. Um, I heard about the, the tragedy, and for me, it's a tragedy. Um, I looked at it, and, and knowing the hearts of the officers, and I know those officers, I know what the media portrays it to be, but I know those officers involved, and I'm like, this is a tragedy. And so I start praying. But I don't know how it's going to play out. I go to work that day, and um, granted, I'm, 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 I work highway patrol, but they don't look at me as a highway patrol. I mean, they look at me as a guy with a badge and a gun, so I'm a cop. We're one agency. And I work from 5 to about 4 in the evening. So it was about 3.55, and I let most of my guys go ahead because it was a long day. And another supervisor comes in and says, hey, we need some help with some uh, protest. I said, Wow, I feel kind of bad because I let all my guys go. I said, okay, well, I'm supposed to be getting off, but I guess I'll stay. And I had two other guys. So I grabbed them and said, hey, you guys come with me. We got some potential protest, and we got to make sure we keep everyone safe. And that was our mission. So I called my wife, and I said, hey, I'll be home later. Then again, I don't know because she never knows if I'm going to come home either. But I tell her, I'll be home later. Don't worry about me. I got it. So she's watching news and everything else, and I go down, and I roll around the scene, and I'm like, whoa, I only got two, three guys, 
and I see a crowd. I see a crowd of hurt people. I didn't see color in that crowd. I see hurt people because in that crowd, there were whites, there were Hispanics, there were Asians, there were all color, green. I mean, green, orange, whatever you want to say. There were hurt people, and they were crying out. And I told my guys, I said, hey, look, our job is to prevent them from going on the freeway. But at the same time, I got a crowd of three or 400 people. I can't. All I can do is say, Lord, what are you going to do? I know they can overtake me. I was called everything under the sun. I was threatened. I was almost spit upon. But I took it because I understand the anger, the hurt, the pain. Not one foul word came out of my mouth, and I just accepted it all because I know this community is hurting. So I said, okay. There were people out there, and why I say I forgive you, because there were people that, that looked at me, and they didn't know who I was. They looked at me as just a murderer. That's what I was called. I was called a murderer, although I took an oath to protect all of you, and I will continue to protect all of you, because that's the oath I took before God, not for man, but for God. There's an oath I took for man as well. But my ultimate oath was for God. So I took that because I understand it was out of pain. And I will still protect you because that's what I was born to do. We just stood the line and I said, okay, um, I can't prevent you from going up there. But I don't, please don't do it. You got children in here with you. You got babies and strollers and my heart aches because I know the pain. And I know the potential of what could happen. I've seen kids ran down on the freeway. I know the climate right now. I know there's a racial tension in America right now. And I only can imagine what would happen up there if you took strollers with kids. But I couldn't prevent you. And so they went. I said, God, okay, use me. I reconvene. I get additional resources there. But we still didn't have all the resources. I had maybe 10 guys on the line. And... Um, we set up, I put calls out to close down different transitions so to make it as safe as possible. But understand, folks, there was not only just this, it was beyond commute hour. Commute hour was coming. There was a game that was going to be played. And my whole focus was how do I allow them to be safe here? I understand the pain that you're going through, and I understand that you need to let it out. But the freeway is unsafe. I can't control that motor set might have an agenda because of the color of your skin. And I got to live with that if something happens to one of those babies. So I hold the line and we go back and there's, there's people behind me and we got patrol cars and there's still 300. There's, there's a criminal element there too, but that's not what I was focused on. I was focused on the pain, the hurt and how to resolve the situation because no one else knew what to do. But this is my community. I'm connected. I felt compelled to do something because I know I hurt on both sides. I know the real story. I know the true story, not just what's being portrayed by the media. I know what I tell my guys every single day in briefing before they go out. And so as tensions fly, I, I, I see one of the, one of the, uh, on the southbound line, a motorist that just takes off through the crowd. And I'm like, God, I got to do something, and I don't know what. So everybody else is standing behind the cars. Everybody's standing behind the cars. Well, I said, God, put me in front because I'm a leader, and I'll go. So I took a front, and I'm saying, I, I, I talked to pastors. There. I'm like, what do, 
how can I help? What can I do to get everyone off this freeway safely? Because tempers are flaring right now, and people are hostile. And at the same time, I don't want someone who's innocent standing there as a motorist. I don't want them getting assaulted either. So I'm torn. I'm hurting. I don't know what to do. So I said, what do I do? What can I do to help you guys? I don't want kids to be injured. What do you want me to do? I will do it. And the guy says, hold this sign. I said, what sign? Because I'm not paying attention to signs. Hold this sign. I said, give me the sign. I'll hold it. I said, now, will you get off the freeway? So they took pictures or whatever else. I didn't have any political agenda, no personal agenda. My agenda was to make the scene safe and get everyone off the freeway because I didn't want to see a loss of life because it's life. It is life. And so I hold the sign up. They start to move off to the freeway. And I'm like, thank you. Because they're off. And I'm still late there that night. I'm still there. And, you know, because the stuff goes down to the Golden One Center, I'm glad they got off the freeway because there was, they, people were locked out of the Golden One Center. But it's better to go to One Center than on the freeway because we would have more tensions. My whole, jo- tensions, I, my, my whole job was to protect people up there. So... I get back to the office after everything's done, and one of my supervisors is like, hey, what, what was up with that sign? Why were you holding the sign? I'm like, what are you talking about? What sign? What are you talking about? He said, the sign, why, why, why were you holding it? I said, I was holding it to get people off the freeway. So when you see that sign, and I stressed out all night, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what did the sign say? You know what I mean? I'm stressing now because I'm like, oh, man. I didn't know what the sign said. I'm like, Lord, what did the sign say? I don't even know. I'm hoping it would say F the police or something because I'm really in trouble. That's not what the sign said. So when I seen the picture of the sign, you know what I see in that sign? I see empathy. Now, granted, the sign says being black is not a crime. I'm black. I am serving you all. It's not a crime. Being white, if that sign said being white, it's not a crime. Because I'm still serving you all. If it said being Asian, it's not a crime. Because I'm still serving you. And then it says, at the top, I think it says, justice for Zoe. Zoe lost his life tragically, and we have to acknowledge that. And if the officers, let me intercede for them. If they can't do it, I'll intercede for them. Because life was lost. And we have to come to Christ to get the ultimate justice. At the end of the day, I'm going to tell you this. At the end of the day, people, we, have, we all stand in judgment. And we have to answer him. Okay? That does not give us a right to go out and become lawless. Okay? I'm here to keep the peace, okay? I will keep that peace in regards to the fact whether I'm persecuted by my fellow officers because they don't understand the empathy in that. There's no political agenda whatsoever. And it, through my lens, through my eyes, when I look at that sign, I don't see anything wrong with it. And if you see something wrong with that sign, 
I just ask that you take a reflection in the mirror. Because if that's your son or daughter that lost their life, would you not want someone to at least hold a sign to acknowledge it? I don't care if it's white, green, blue, orange. A life was lost. So we have to come together as a community. We have to unite. And I will continue to serve all of you. But this starts courageous conversations. This starts things that the media doesn't want to see because we are under one God in heaven and Jesus sits on the side of the throne. Okay, so we are all red underneath because we bleed red. So when I come to you, understand that I am, I have the heart of a servant, but I'm still a leader. If you test me in the line, you will test me, but I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And I will go home. I will go home when God calls me home. The last scripture I want to read to you all. It's not by chance that, uh, and I say I was called to do this job because the scripture comes out of Matthew. It's Matthew 5, 9, and it says, Blessed are the peacekeepers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for there is a kingdom of heaven. Folks, don't set your eyes and don't let the world deceive you. There is a calling on your lives to help connect the city, help connect this nation. Don't allow race to tear us apart because we're all one kind under Jesus Christ. And I can tell you, I serve on that line with some people that don't look like me, and they were terrified. The other part of that sign, it says, police terror, in police terror, in police terror. I don't want a community that's terrified of me. I don't. And you don't want officers that are terrified of you. So we have to bridge the gap here. And I may have violated some type of policy and man's law. Okay, well, Lord, okay, I'm sorry. I know you got me. But at the end of the day, before you pass judgment, get his story. When you get his story, you get the whole story. Okay, don't pass judgment until you get the entire story. Because so many of us are guilty of doing it. I've done it myself. But it's a time to stand and correct and reflect and figure out how do we move on from here. I love every last one of you, and I will lay down my life, not only for my own children, but for every last one of you, because that's what I was called to do. And I wasn't called by man to do it. He called me. And for those of you that have forsaken me in this house and outside this house, I forgive you, and I will still lay down my life for you, because I love you. And that's love.
we're going to go into a time of worship, but before we do, I've been talking to D'Angelo and then this morning uh, with Matt about these courageous conversations. And uh, it's time that we just stop talking about them. We, we need to have them. And um, I just appreciate both of you pouring into my life, um, speaking with me, sitting me down. And um, D'Angelo, I just wanted you to just be able to just share. And then I, wanna, I want us to pray uh, for Matt as he's on the front lines, you know. Literally, this man is on the front lines. So um, I'm one of those people that uh, I'm a rebel browser as well. And uh, uh, I was on that freeway. And... Uh, I was a part of that protest because I believe in protest. I, if I have to break some laws, then so be it. But I was standing in front of this man. I actually took a few of those pictures. And I was blessed to see him <laughs> beyond my, my original thought. I was blessed to see him first because it was a, a black man in uniform. But then I was taken aback when the protesters were in his face and going at him. And he said something that shook and moved us all. He said, he said, please, guys, I have black sons. And at that moment, it made him a human. He was no longer a man in a in blue with a badge and a gun. He was a father, he was a husband, he was a man of God. I knew there was something about him because after he said, please guys, I have black sons. I felt the peace of God on him and I didn't know he was a man of God until he stood on this stage. And so as I was out there rebel rousing, there's always a covert mission in everything I do. Because who are praying for those that need prayer? Who's the voice of reason? So I'm standing out there with this man, and they're surrounding him, and, and like he's saying, it's hostile. His officers were a little nervous, but he wasn't. Because he knows God. Listen, family, that's the X factor here. We know God. We know God. We know God. We know what he does. We know how he can do it. We don't see with our own eyes. We see with his eyes. His mysteries may not be ours, but they can be revealed by the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Sergeant. I love you, brother. I love you. And I love all you do. This man risked his life for us. <laughs> the freeway was clear because of his guys. We were able to break the law because of his guys allowing us to openly protest the sacred rage that's inside of all of us. And so I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I just pray right now for Sergeant Burgess and his family, Father God. I lift them to you. 
I know what his, I don't know what his wife and his family must be thinking every time he puts on a suit. Every time he, he attaches his badge and his gun and every time he steps out that door. But I pray right now that your word is real. You said that you left behind a Holy Spirit to be a comforter for us. So we pray right now that your comfort covers his household. That your comfort covers the police department. That your comfort covers this city. That your comfort covers the family of Stefan Clark. I pray right now unity. I pray right now a unified front. Those knowing the power of the living God begin to stand up and stand out with power and with might. Let us be unified. Let us no longer be divided and picked off by the enemy, but let us stand in power. Let us go forth in the majesty of God, knowing that the blood of Christ shall lead us. We thank you, Father God, that you are Jehovah Nisi, that you are our banner, and that we understand, Father God, that you've gone out before us, clearing a path. We will not fear and we will not fail, but we shall proclaim that we are victorious, that we shall proclaim that we are free, no longer bound by root causes, but freed up by the glorious and matchless name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you for freedom today. We thank you for liberty. We thank you for justice. We thank you for conversations. We thank you for actions. We thank you for movement. We thank you, Father God, that you've given us everything we need to live a godly life. Now, Father God, I pray for our body, this house, that we no longer sit on our hands, but we be the weapons of choice that you've called us to be. That we take up arms, Father God, not guns with bullets, but every gift and talent using to the ability and the excellence of God. We thank you that we go forward in might and in wisdom. Speak to the minds of these officers, oh God. Let them realize before anything that they are human. Let them show an element of empathy and humanity. And Father God, when that happens, systems will fall. And so we thank you and we praise you for all you do and all you're going to do in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. And if you agree with this, shout to the heavens. Victory is ours in the name of Jesus. want to invite everybody uh, this is what we did second service we just want to join our hearts in worship I want to invite everybody in the house if you can to come and squeeze up here to the front we want to just join our hearts together we're going to celebrate after that with baptism if you want to hear my message I'm sorry you're gonna to have to get on iTunes but we're gonna hear the message of baptism of what God's doing in people's lives but just come on up just come on up in the spirit of reconciliation come on up Squeeze up front, my King. Come on.
Come on, press up front. Come around here. You can come right in here, you guys. Make more room.